Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. What happens to the Pac-12? It's already a challenge league, losing USC next year to the Big Ten and UCLA. But with this departure, I think you have to honestly look at the Pac-12 no longer as a Power Five conference. And I'm talking about in 24. I mean, it's a train wreck. A new commissioner has come in, and quite frankly, he hasn't done much more than the old commissioner who was defrocked. Uh, you, you lo- you're losing your biggest name in USC, and now moving forward, you're losing your biggest star in Deion Sanders. Uh, this league is, is slowly coming undone. It might as well just be pushed off into the Pacific because uh, it, is, it is no longer moving forward a relevant conference in college football. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Paul Feinbaum, you know deep down inside how much he enjoys burying conferences. He really wants to get to the point where it's a game of... I think he thinks it's a game of Survivor, and he is hoping to extinguish every torch of every Power 5 conference except the SEC. I got to tell you, you know I, mean? I, would, I would love to watch Paul Feinbaum host Survivor, though. That would be a hell of a time. Power 5 conference Survivor, hosted by Paul Feinbaum. Uh, ACC, give me your torch. Unfortunately, we could be next up um, in Feinbaum's game. Mac and Bone with you, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Colorado to the Big 12. That move is official. Obviously, the Pac-12 has already lost the L.A. market. They still have no TV deal. They're scram- they were scrambling to try to get one done to announce it at their media days last week and couldn't do it. Couldn't finalize it, so had nothing to announce on the TV front. And now, Bone, now the rumors with the Pac-12 hit with another haymaker in expansion. And everybody and their brother thinking schools like Washington and Oregon could potentially be coveted by the Big Ten. And people like Feinbaum wondering, will this thing literally be dissolved and go away? Um, could the Big 12 pick apart the conference some more? Arizona, Utah, these are other you know Pac-12 schools that people are linking potentially to the Big 12, too. So <laughs> Big what- 12 ain't playing, man. <laughs> what did I read? What did I read yesterday? Well, yeah, UConn, Gonzaga, for basketball purposes, are looking at too. What a, so anyway, what a job. Um, but but what did we read yesterday? And again, I don't know. Although it's not that unbelievable, is it? Because a couple of months ago, the ACC and Pac-12 were were linked. As would they want to do something together? Whether it's a series of games each year, or whether the Pac-12 would kind of use the ACC network and get some of their games on there, and then the ACC, we get some of the revenue. Like, there have been rumors of these two conferences working together. Remember, a tweet came out four years ago overnight that this is way, way long, maybe five years, whatever it was, that said could there be a potential Pac-12 ACC joint venture. And we did a whole segment. We said, how this was years ago. Well, they did the alliance. This was even prior. We laughed and said, this is the most ridiculous idea we've ever heard. And then over time, it's like, oh, whenever something ridiculous is said about these conferences, it might come true down the line, right? Or something may come about that is an actual reality. Yeah, I mean, they had that actual alliance at least for 15 minutes before the Big Ten <laughs> rolled out and betrayed them and took yes. two of the Pac-12 schools. So, but, but, so I compared this in the first hour, and, and it was a reporter named Jim Williams. I don't really know this dude. I don't really, 
it's the only thing about this is I, I don't think I don't know how seriously everybody takes this. He reported there's a meeting imminent here. Sounds like in the next couple of days between the ACC and the Pac-12. And but he did not really detail what they what they would be ironing out. Ironing out. I just want to know, Bone. Like we know that there's been a thought of this before. We know the conferences are thinking about this. Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner this week, says we are exploring everything that we can to try to figure out how to bring more revenue in, in terms of adding teams and stuff like that. David Hale mentioned, and I hadn't heard all this before, David Hale said, according to sources in the industry, he knows for a fact the ACC has run studies on adding West Virginia, SMU, um, and who the heck were the other two? There were two other ones, too. They might have been from the Pac-12. Might have been a couple of Pac-12 schools. And basically, the ACC study revealed that even adding those schools is not really going to close the revenue gap much. What do you think? I wouldn't think so. Not with SMU also in there. See, that, the problem that. is, yes, you can redo the TV deal if you add teams. Like, that's that's in the ACC's contract. If they add te- schools, they can re- do a new TV deal. The problem is, Bone, you would then have you add mouths to feed. So how much money are they bringing in? Because you now have to divvy that money up uh, with, a, with another mouth added on. What do you think about the concept of the ACC and the Pac-12 working together at all? Yeah, it was Oregon and Washington were the other two schools that the ACC has kind of run models on. So even they're looking at those two schools. Do you want them to, to poach Pac-12 schools? Do you want them to merge with the Pac-12? Do you want an ACC Pac-12 challenge? Do you want any of this? Uh, or no? Hell no. <laughs> uh, here's here's the reasons why. When we mentioned the alliance, and I said four or five years ago, there was an idea presented that is now what we're actually talking about potentially happening. It may not. That That's not the Pac-12 today that it was then. USC, gone. UCLA, gone. Colorado's got some juice now, but they're gone. We don't know about the futures of Utah, Washington, Oregon, Arizona. I have no real problems with those schools. They're factors in in, in a lot of the sports. But, Mag, when you take UCLA, USC out, Colorado's gone with Deion Sanders. It's not the Pac-12 from a couple years ago where you said, you know what? You, you know, UCLA and basketball can have some matchups with UNC and Duke and USC and football and Clemson. There's some Florida State. There's Miami. There's some matchups in there. Hey, I, I can kind of see some things there. Oregon's a, a premier brand. There's some things there. But this version of the Pac-12 that you may have to do business with, this potential hookup, this is not the Pac-12 looking good like it was a couple years ago. This is the Pac-12's been through some things. The Pac-12's been at that bar a long time tonight. The Pac-12's got some issues, and I'm staying away from that at 2 in the morning. Yeah, that's what that's what I was comparing it to. Are the ACC and the Pac-12 the two desperate people? Because what is really— night at a bar that just say, ah, what the hell? What is Washington I, State and Oregon State and who knows about Arizona State's future? All those other ones that are the non-kind of premier schools we're talking about, what are we left with for the Pac-12? L- listen to this. Powell, I actually, Stanford? I—, I I disagree a little bit. Listen to this clip. This is two months ago, all right? Because this has been lingering for a while. The thought of the ACC and Pac-12 just looking at each other and saying, you know, what the hell? Or the ACC trying to get get proactive, right? Instead of defensive, proactive and try to reach out and expand their footprint to the West Coast. This is John Skipper, longtime ESPN exec. He's moved on since then. 
He's actually a Tar Heel grad. So he was on the Inside Carolina podcast. This is two months ago, Bone. Listen to what he was saying the ACC should do. What I think the ACC should do is go get eight teams out of the Pac-12 and form the APCC, the Atlantic Pacific College Conference. Uh, and that would increase, take their footprint to include all of the West Coast. Those schools would not have to travel that often to play. And because the ACC network would be expanding its footprint, there would be more money available. And I think you could force a renegotiation because the Pac-12 is out of contract or will be. Uh, that, to me, is, the, is a route to go. If they don't go there, I'd go get Stanford. I'd go add Stanford, add the state of California. It brings a lot more money in uh, and use that. See, here's my thought, Bone. I don't think he's crazy. You're sitting there saying you want nothing to do with the Pac-12. What if you got what if you got proactive instead of sat back and just tried to play defense and hope the grant of rights can hold Florida State in and the, and the Magnificent Seven in? What if you went out there and got Oregon, Washington, Stanford? You'd have Bay Area. You'd have Seattle. You'd have that, you know, Portland area. I'm not saying it's a huge market. Um, Oregon's a pretty big national brand. The only one they got left there. What if you went out and did the? And, and I know it sounds ridiculous. I know people are thinking this is ridiculous with with the geography and the travel. But the Big Ten stretches from New Jersey to L.A. Now there's no rules anymore. There's no geographical rules. And then you get different markets in. You get a different coast in. You get more eyeballs in. Is that not at all okay? Well, let me devil's idea. Let me play devil's advocate here. You are the Florida State athletic director, Mac, and I'm Jim Phillips. I call you up and say, hey, I know you've not been happy with stuff. I know that there's been some talk. You might challenge a grant of rights, but we are now going to add all these schools on the West Coast to try to save this thing and make it happy. So you're going to have to do a lot of traveling here to the West Coast. You're Florida State. You're going to go from Tallahassee to California multiple times. Is that going to appease you to not go challenge a grant of rights? All Florida you're State. You're Clemson. You're excited to have to go play Stanford. No, all, they care, all, all Florida State and Clemson care about, by the way, is what's the check. That's literally all this is about, Bone. Now, you're right. Then the travel factors in, and, and Miami to freaking Oregon is a long one, right? Like, so it's, the, 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 you got to factor in travel for all these programs, and how does that work economically? But, Bone, don't get it twisted. All these schools care about is how big is our check every year? So if something like that can make their check larger and closer to the SEC and the Big Ten, I think they're interested. If you're Arizona, Utah, Washington, and, and Oregon, wouldn't you rather be in the Big 12? What, what's there? Wouldn't they be more apt to go to the to the, the Big 12 than the ACC also? What's there? The Big 10, too, for, for so are they, Oregon and now, Washington. If those That's the thing. I don't know if you if, can pull them, if those but schools, I think it's worth trying. If those four or five schools were involved, I think it changes it a little bit because there's some pretty big-name schools in there. But even if a couple of those schools go elsewhere, and it's only Stanford and – Washington State and Oregon State. What are we doing there with those? What is that going to do for anybody? No, you 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 got to get Oregon, Washington, and then you got to get the Bay Area with Stanford or Cal or both. That's what I think you'd have to do. Now the the problem you bring up is is reality. If the Big Ten gets word the ACC is trying to do this, and people already think the Big Ten's interested in Oregon, Washington, why would they go to the ACC over to Big Ten? You know. So it's like, it's just, let's be honest, if it Oregon, sucks, if Oregon, man, the ACC's in a pickle. It's not Jim Phillips' fault, 
This is a sw swaffy. This is a swaffy created situation. But Jim Phillips doesn't exactly inspire confidence getting out of this thing. It doesn't appear to be Brett Yormark. I just, I just want the ACC to try to go on the offensive. There is a potential problem. I think Bone, like if you add teams. That means you get a new TV deal, right? You can renegotiate your TV deal with ESPN and stuff. I do think the problem is, then I think the grant of rights would be open to be changed to. Yeah, that's what you got to be careful about. you still have that long grant of rights? Because oh, yeah. right now, the grant of rights is the only thing holding the ACC together. How many of these schools would be gone if it wasn't for the grant of rights running Not through 2036? Oregon and you Washington. Know? Oregon, God, the ACC's in a mess, y'all. Oregon and Washington would be the two attractive girls still at the bar with some friends. But if Oregon and Washington leave the bar by themselves and go out somewhere else, and you're left with Washington State, Oregon State, and the other ones, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're just uh, headed home. You're just, <laughs> you're just headed home with yourself, and you don't care at that point. Because Oregon time. and Washington, yes, I, I, I get what you're saying. That would be. All right, well, I, I just think it's worth a try to be offensive. Maybe they're trying this though. Um, so you're I, gonna say, hey. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Washington, you still up? <laughs> Washington State, how you doing? <laughs> um, doesn't this suck, though, y'all? We're sitting here talking about all this, how desperate the ACC is. And, you know, if the grant of rights can't hold them together, look out. Like, if Florida State, who reported that was reported this week, is still trying to find a way out, like, if they escape, who's following them? Like, if it, there becomes a – and this just sucks, man. This conference, and I know for so many of y'all that grew up Right here, Bone, you moved from Connecticut to Winston, like, when you were young. People out there listening that grew up here. Even me, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I watched ACC basketball and Big East basketball is what I watched growing up, and I loved it. Like, it's so sad. It's so sad what's happened to the freaking ACC, man, that, that it is in peril like this. Both ah. both conferences, right? The Big East has had this happen already, yeah. and they're yeah. still going. They've they've won championships and whatnot, but it's not the same. But now you may, you may no. have the ACC never be the same again. The Big East, it's just... It's a different world. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. We've got a really good football team of a bunch of guys that are really chippy and are great kids, but they are chippy and they are, they have an edge, and we are bad company on that football field. And I can't wait to start playing because I can tell you this, this will be the last time we ever come to this building and have and get the respect the disrespect that we've gotten since we've been there. You guys were picked last in the conference. Is that last. part of the disrespect? Yeah, last. You know, press conference, three questions. You know, hey, you guys suck. Let's get to the next guys. And and I would like to take whoever those writers were that 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 voted on that and hold them upside down by their ankles and smack their heads off the ground a couple of times because they don't know. Shit. That is the voice of my new alma mater football program, Biff Pogey, the voice of the Charlotte head coach, uh, excuse me, head coach of the Charlotte football program, joining us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. A great soundbite from Coach Pogey. Coach, I did want to say I wanted to give a warning that I will, without a doubt, be asking as many questions in this 15-minute segment that allows me to do so, just to be clear, as long as you're okay answering all of them. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, shoot. 
<laughs> no, no, it's going to be more than just the three questions that you were asked at media day. And coach, there are a oh, lot good. of. Yeah. <laughs> I well, get it now. It yeah. Took me a while. No, I you're good. It. You're good. There's going to be plenty of them. Well, and, and I did want to ask you because there are a lot of coaches that will shrug off preseason rankings and discuss how they don't matter. You seem to be taking a very different approach here. You demand people respect you via preseason polls, more questions being asked. Why have you chosen to acknowledge the predictions so many coaches choose to dismiss and use it as fuel? I, don't, I could care less about that, but, but what I do care about are my players. And, you know, when people don't even do the work to find out who our players are, you know, that, they need to be called out on it. Just like, just like I'll be judged by wins. Right, and I expect that, and I know how this works. We don't win enough. I should be gone, and I want to be gone. Uh, I was brought here to do one thing, but don't put us in some box before you even do your homework. Because if you did your homework, you'd find out we brought in 52 absolutely unbelievable players, and we retained a bunch of really good football players. And so, you know, you just—it's just lazy. It's just like, oh, they're new. They were the old team was three and nine in Conference USA. Let's just. Let's not spend any time on doing any diligence, and let's just, you know, say they stink. Well, yeah, so Coach. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, and Coach, you've mentioned that you're a totally different team, that you're not the same, quote, some Conference USA team coming into the AAC. What makes you guys so different from this year, from last year? What's your intended message by saying we're not the same Conference USA squad? Everything's different. We got a new head coach. We got new assistant coaches. We got all new staff in the building. We got. 52 new players. Um, the old players have bought into, the ones we've retained have bought into our system. We've had an unbelievable strength and conditioning, uh, summer preparation. I mean, this is just a totally di- I don't even know who the last team was. I mean, I, I wasn't here. I have no idea, but I can tell you this. This crowd isn't that. Charlotte football coach Biff Pogey joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, what was your first impression of the team once you got to know them, immediately stepping in and seeing these guys in front of you for the first time? Well, they're all really nice kids, right? Really good kids. Um, and, um, and are you talking about the old team? Well, no, I'm just talking about your first impression of this program, some of the guys that you retained, oh. even some of the first impressions that you've had with plenty new players joining your squad for this upcoming yeah. season. Well, Look, they're all, as I said in media day, they, we have really good kids, and I love my players. I mean, they're just wonderful human beings. Believe me when I tell you, they really are. They work really hard. The only tough thing is in football. Football's too hard of a game to play, to play if you, you know, you play once a week. You practice all year long. You work out all year long. If you're not good enough to play, you know, at a particular level, it's just really hard to do that. And and so we were giving guys an opportunity. We saw a bunch of guys on the existing roster that after spring practice, we had film and evaluations. And they knew it and we knew it that they just weren't going to be, you know, able to participate. And so the football players want to play. And um, really good kids took it really well. We've helped them find other homes. And then the guys we retained, 52 of them, are really good football players. Tough kids, talented kids, and then the 52 we've brought in are unbelievable players. So um, I can tell you this: I wouldn't want to be coaching any place else right now. 
Well, and Coach, you've had a bunch of comments singing your praises. I saw one on Twitter yesterday, quote, Biff is responsible for a large amount of the Michigan culture turnaround as of late, more than anyone knows. And this isn't an uncommon praise, Coach. Michigan finally gets over the hump. They do so while you're on their staff. What do those comments mean to you when you see so much praise coming your way? Well, they're from players. And so that means so much to me because – Players win games, not coaches. Players know exactly who you are as a human being if you're a coach. You cannot Buffalo um, bull, bull your way through a relationship with players. And so the fact that the players at Michigan felt that way are saying those things, it means a tremendous amount to me. And, um, and they're very loyal, and I'm very loyal to them. One look, Coach, I don't expect you to take credit for every bit of the success that Michigan experienced last year, but if I read into so many of these comments from people in the know, players to be specific in the know, they point to you as a big reason why things change for the better. If you allow yourself to brag a little bit, what do you think these people are are seeing specifically that allowed these people to have that kind of impression about you? Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really want to say anything about that because look, Jim Harbaugh, who's a dear friend of mine, dear friend is an unbelievable football coach. He's one of the best football coaches on the planet at any level. And he's proven that. Uh, and there was a great young staff there and we had great players. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was because, you know, I brought ice cream to practice, or mm-hmm. something, but it was, you know, who knows, but, but <laughs> those questions will go answered by those people, not me. What kind of flavor of ice cream did you bring? Was it all sorts of different types? All, all different types. Yeah, we brought an ice cream truck in, and it was unbelievable. We did it a couple times. Love ice cream. Ice cream is paramount. You have to have it. have to have it all the time. Uh, it's brain food. It's physical food, and it's happy food. So all for it uh, as much as possible. Uh, I mean, I've joked a million times how Ben and Jerry's is my blood type. So ice cream is my favorite thing to eat in the world. Now, I did want to bring this question to you as well. Subway is doing this new promotion where if you change your first name to Subway, they're going to allow you free Subway for life. Is there a fast food chain restaurant or anything like that that you would consider changing your first name to if it meant free product for life? Yeah, haagen Oh, yeah. It's so good. I like Coach haagen I like that guy <laughs> coaching my alma mater 100%. It's Biff Pochi joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You're listening to Wes and Walker. Coach, I'm interested. What position battles do you expect to be the most competitive and the hardest to evaluate as the season approaches? Well, we have a lot of depth on the football team. And the way I approach the football, football is, look, players want to play. And good players demand to play by the performance. It is a complete meritocracy. So whoever plays well in camp will be playing on the field. But I will tell you and tell our fans to expect to see a lot of different players playing. You know, we go very deep in the defensive front seven and in the, in the defensive backfield. You know, we've got, we feel really good about 10 offensive linemen. Uh, we've got, Six tight ends we love, and we got a number of running backs, and, and you know we've got three three quarterbacks we like too. So I, if you can't have good players and not play, right? Because that kills morale. So we're going to play people, and makes us hard to prepare for, and um, and so we're gonna we're gonna you know we're we're gonna play a lot of guys. And look, the camp will be highly competitive. Everything we do is highly competitive. 
Well, and coach, you mentioned a lot of players are going to play. I mean, you went to the position I was going to ask right away. What about quarterback? Because you know the philosophy from some people that say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Is that a philosophy that you agree with? Or are you going to play multiple guys at that spot? That, whoever said that is probably somebody that never had a jock strap on <laughs> and never played football. And, and you know, the more better players you have at every position, the better it is. And our quarterbacks can do different things. Um, and so we're going to play them. We're going to absolutely play them. Well, and Coach, it seems like with some guys transferring out of the program, Jalen Jones has become the favorite among people evaluating your football team. Is that fair to have people view him as the favorite to land that starting job? Yeah, but, you know, we got Mike Bowens who transferred in from the University of Oklahoma. I mean, he's really good. And then we got Dom Schaffner who's just, come on yeah. board and he's really good and they all do different things though right and and you know how hard it is to prepare for a team that does different things and we're just uh we're going to use all of them we're going to use all the talent god-given talents and abilities that all these kids have to help us build a successful program that's Charlotte 49er head football coach Biff Pogey joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And coach, you've made it known that you want to establish the run 100%. You want to be extremely strong and physical up front. Now, this has been a team in years past that has had a strength at the wide receiver position. You know, how much do you expect the pass to be a part of your offensive philosophy as you do discuss how much you're going to run the football? Oh, yeah, no, it'll be a big part of it. I mean, we're going to throw the football for sure. And, um, and there's no doubt about that. And uh, and we do it actually pretty well. Um, but but we we want we, but we but we want to build our offensive ethic around physicality in the run game. And and that's where it all starts. Just like at Michigan, you know, everybody knew we were a running football team. And when that happens, and you're successful doing it, it does a number of really good things for your team. But it also opens up the throwing game and gives you major explosive plays when you throw it. Coach Biff Pogey joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I did want to ask about the defense as well because they ranked so low last year. But as you've mentioned a million times, that's not this year's team. That's not what you can expect coming forward and coming up in 2023. Why is the defense so different? Just on top of the players, is, is this something is just simplifying the game? You know, how, how is this defense going to outperform what we saw from last year? Well, we have a great defensive coaching staff, starting with our coordinator, Ryan Osborne. It was with me at Michigan and then left last year to go to be with the Baltimore Ravens. He's a he's an unbelievable coach. Um, players love him. He loves them. He's really sharp. He's learned under the best. And uh, our scheme is sound. It's a pro scheme. It is time-tested. It is very sound. And, um, and that's where it all starts. And then, of course... We've gone out and gotten really, really good players to put in those positions. So defensively, we won't be last in anything, I can tell you that. Uh, last question from me, Coach. I know one of the last times that you came on here at WFNZ with Kyle Bailey, you discussed that this is a city that does have a great town enough to make some of these kids money, especially because of how much you believe in the NIL. And you've talked about how you feel it is important for some of the people that can afford it to contribute more money to the football program. Did you see any results from those comments that did uh, go public quite a bit? Uh, not yet. Not yet. We're... Yeah. We're uh, we're 
working on it and um and you know we'll just keep working on it um look nil and the transfer portal so many people don't like but they are a fact they're a part of the game they're a reality and you know people that don't like them i would ask this question if you were a student athlete and didn't come from much and nil was legal would you decline nil if corporation or donor offered it to you and if you are that altruistic that you would then you can maintain your position that you don't that you don't approve of nil um but if you put yourself as a kid and honestly answer that question you know it's a big part of the game these kids have nothing and you know we're not talking about paying guys like they're executives we're talking about giving them a little bit extra so they can pay their bills, send a little bit of money home to their families, and that's what we're talking about. Um, Coach, I say that you change your name to Hagen Dawes. I think it's simple, and I think we get some kind of sponsorship, like the Hagen Dawes Hog Mollies, something like that, working with this team, and maybe we can get some more money rolling in. What do you think? Bring it. I, I think I've just named you the director of NIL fundraising. So there you go. Oh, yes. I have a new position. Don't worry, WFNZ. I will still try to hold this position as much as possible, but I'll get started on some ice cream sponsorship right away as well. That is the voice of Charlotte 49er football coach Biff Pogey telling you that you will respect this football program, and I'm excited as hell about it. Coach, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. If it's happening in the Charlotte sports scene, it's happening on the Kyle Bailey Show. Drake May is the quarterback of the Tar Heels, and we've got Drake May sitting across from us right now. Drake, is it ACC championship or bust? I mean, what, what is the expectation? What you got? What do you have your crosshairs set on this season? ACC championship or bust? I think that's that's what we got. I think we didn't put our best foot forward here last year playing Clemson here. I think we had left a sour taste in our mouth. So just getting back there, getting back here in Charlotte, playing in front of my home city, playing in front of the stadium I grew up, you know, going to watch Cam Newton in and, you know, celebrating, you know, the Panthers' victories, you know, win the ACC championship and see what happens from there. The Kyle Bailey Show, weekday afternoons from 3 to 6, only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. We're gonna make mistakes, you know. Uh, I thought today the practice, the first half of the practice, you know, this is without watching the tape, felt crisp and sharp on both sides of the ball, on all three phases, really, special teams as well. And then about halfway through practice, you know, I, at least on offense, where my eyes were a little bit more, it just felt like a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a lull, and um, you know, for a few too many turnovers and uh, and mistakes. But, you know, you don't pan, you learn from those, and um, you got to bounce back. Frank Reich, that was uh, that was the bucket-hatted Frank Reich. Hadn't seen that look before from old Frankie, uh, but he broke it out in the sun yesterday. L- a good look for him, and uh, that was uh, his comments about the uneven performance 
from his offense yesterday in training camp. You heard it from him first half or so. Everything was smooth. All sides of the ball kicking. And then the offense had some issues late. I think it was like three turnovers bone in the last hour of practice. Bryce Young threw an interception. Uh, it was on a mis. I want people to know. Miscommunication. All right, as Frank said, they're going to get that worked out. This was not a bad throw. It was simply a miscommunication. Day two in practice, Bryce and the wide receiver not on the same page. Bonus when all when does that text or tweet come in that he's too short uh, to, to make throws in the NFL? Every one of the, I feel like every every misplay, even at camp, will will bring out a uh, some sort of. Uh, funny joke or comment towards Bryce's height or whatever. You think if he was taller, he wouldn't have miscommunicated? Yes. Is that, is yes, that, is yes. that what they're going to come up with for us? Pretty cool. Yesterday, oh. Mac, there was an image of, and then someone brought up the fact that, hey, there's a former Panther now as a head coach. It's pretty cool because fans can can wear old Frank Wright jerseys <laughs> or get them customized. You can now support the, the head coach in jersey form here. Frank Wright was out there signing autographs yesterday. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool that the head coach is out there. I, I, you don't always see the head coach take time for the fans like that in terms of this environment. That's pretty cool, man. I'm pretty sure Matt Rule didn't sign one autograph. What, what would somebody like? They've got old Frank Reich jerseys he can sign. What would you ask Rule to sign? Hey, I'm, I, I've got a poster board. I wrote the letters DBO on it. <laughs> OOU's on the back. Can you sign this for me? Uh, slightly different when you have someone that was your first co- starting quarterback in franchise history that is now your coach. And then you throw in the fact that his head coach, the first head coach in franchise history, is back as well on the staff. And then you throw in the fact that they open at Atlanta the way those two opened it's, the franchise. It's wild. It, it, it's, it's a lot of symmetry. You can have it's a crazy. Lot, you can have a lot of – if you're a, a Panther fan from day one, you know, 95, you probably have some stuff you can have those guys sign. That's Definitely. pretty That's yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah, and and, Frank, and I guess Frank realizes that. Cause a lot of you, like you say, a lot of coaches are like – my mind's not on that. My I mind's must, on a zillion must, other things. I know? must figure out my coach speak for my presser. They're robots. I don't think Frank writes that way. Uh, by, awesome. by the way, I mean, a lot of them are just so consumed. You know what I mean? Like, they won't see their family until January. Well, Much fair, less sign autographs before a, a in, practice. In, in fairness, you might not either. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, a lot of listeners also probably fit that bill with football season getting ready to start. Uh, Frank Reich, the play caller, too. That's something we haven't talked about much here. That will have to be part of this. Like, some guys can pull it off. Some guys can't, being the head coach and play caller. And he he intends to eventually hand that off to Thomas Brown. All right, so yesterday at practice, Bone, there still haven't been in pads. Like I said, today is two walkthroughs, not open to the public. Tomorrow, I think, might end up being the first padded day. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, a couple injuries yesterday. I don't know if any of them – I hadn't heard anything serious about them. I'm certainly not about to speculate on injuries after I just went off on everybody doing that with Burrow. But uh, Blackshear uh, had a moment where he ended up having to leave the field. Marquise Haynes sounds like the one that was the scariest because he's obviously the starter right now at a very questionable spot. Uh, YGM had to take his spot, but there was nothing that was revealed in terms of, you know, anything serious. So hopefully everything is all right uh, as far as those guys. Sounds like J.C. Horn got more active yesterday, ended up getting involved and taking reps for a while until at the end they kind of pulled him out. So, again, it's going to be a process with those guys, Dante and J.C. Um, And Frank yesterday talked about – we were talking about how Shaq said that this staff takes care of us as players, right? Hence, you know, one of the things they want to do are these walkthrough days sometimes. Yeah. Um, Reich was talking about, like, it's a balancing act. How do I do enough with the players to have them prepared? 
but also how do I have my players for the start of the season? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Then, Mac, we look at guys like J.C. Horn and Dante who are coming off stuff. J.C., not not a lot in the offseason, but he had something going on. And then Dante, the injury that took him out for last year. How do you get guys of that importance prepared for an NFL season at this time when you when do you, when do you choose? To, I mean, do you, do you just get them ready to go for the jet stuff to be full? Guy? When do you decide? Hey, we've got to get these guys some reps, but we've also got to be careful because those guys. Are, it's a very very delicate balance right now for coaches and when to use players when they've either had injuries or there's a, a fear of something. I, I I don't envy coaches Matt, that have to make those decisions. Yeah, and at least he's cognizant of it, man. You know, he yeah. understands. Yep. And, and we're we're in an era now where how many teams don't even play? There's I don't know Coach Reich's approach to this. Maybe I'll have to look this up in the past in Indy. But you know it. I mean, some coaches barely want to play starters in these preseason games now. And those joint practices with the Jets will be a bigger deal, you know, possibly. Yes, yes. So we'll, we'll have to see. We're learning Coach Reich and how he approaches all these things. Uh, by the way, the interception for Bryce, give credit. C.J. Henderson made that play. Um, uh, Grugier Hill at linebacker, second straight interception, Andy Dalton. So he's one of those guys that's one of those depth guys behind Shaq and Luvu uh, that maybe we need to talk about a little more. Uh, uh, Bryce Domingo for a diving touchdown. That was one of the, the highlight plays. Uh, my favorite video was was video where you could hear Shaq Thompson, Frankie Luvu, and Shy Tuttle yelling at the guy, the obnoxious guy that shows up every year in the cowboy gear. Uh, that, that, those are my favorite video clips. Shaq Thompson told him to get his ass back home. We told the same guy the same thing a year ago, and he came back. <laughs> Matt, there's an article here from 2022 about Frank Reich's strategy for the Colts in the preseason. Yeah. About how aggressive they were going to be in playing a lot of starters in the preseason mm. because they got off to a slow start the year before. They felt they weren't prepared, and also they had a lot of new moving parts don't laugh for Matt Ryan last year as a quarterback. They wanted to, to figure out Matt Ryan and the new moving parts. So I don't know if that was different from 2021, but there's a whole piece up here about playing a lot of starters last preseason for the Colts. So we'll see how that plays out here. He uh, and they did not figure out Matt Ryan and new moving. Parts. No, <laughs> they, 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 they moved those parts right out of there. <laughs> they moved Frank out and Matt Ryan got moved on out of the league. They moved Matt Ryan to CBS's number five team. All right, let me give you this clip real quick here, Bone, because we, we promoted it. Uh, yesterday, the media was doing the number one thing I wanted them to do. Try to get some scoop on Bryce Young's talent show performance. What song did he sing? Did he knock it out of the park? Uh, and uh, Iki Iquanu was a guy who gave the most details, Bone. What's going on? Did Bryce outperform you? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I say so because last year they didn't sing along with me. They kind of just let me. They clapped it up, though. I got a set innovation, but, you know, we, we definitely sang along with Bryce, so I'm going to give him the one-up on that one. What did he sing? He sang a Keisha Cole song. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, like he, he brought the house down. He brought the house down. It was crazy. Of course he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I said Keisha Cole. Yeah, he don't know about Everyone singing, everyone clapping, you got to send an ovation, and he went first, so that's a lot of pressure going first, so I think he killed it, you know, A+. Plus.
Of course, there, is, of course he did. Is there camp confidential for the Panthers? Where they're going? There has to be something, right? And we but need this release. That's, that's got to be why they didn't. They, they've got to be saving that for one of those type of shows. I'm guessing that I haven't seen the video. So you're saying that's why it hasn't been tweeted. I'm out guessing by the that Panthers. they're so good at that inside access. So there's got to be some stuff coming up. Yeah, we need this Panthers. We need this in some way, shape, or form. By the way, what was the confusion there? One of the BD members didn't. Do you know what that what the was confusion that David, was? was that Doesn't David? know who Keisha Cole is. Uh, was that I think David? they thought it was. He said J Cole. Someone he meant to say J Cole. <laughs> was that David Newton back there? Uh, it sounded I, a lot like old I, Dave. I have to tell you, um, I'm uh, I'm about as middle aged a white man as they come. I'm not familiar much with Keisha Cole's work. Even I would not ask. Hold on, Icky, did you mean J Cole? Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from six to ten. Instant replay continues with. More in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Speaking of basketball, the big three. Bringing fast-paced, physical, three-on-three basketball back to Charlotte next Saturday, August 5th. At 1 p.m., it's week seven of the Big Three's eight-week regular season. Tickets start as low as $28.50. They're on sale right now at SpectrumCenterCharlotte.com and Ticketmaster.com. And as promised, we are once again joined by the CEO and founder of the Big Three, world-renowned performing artist, actor, and mogul Ice Cube, back with us on Sports Radio WFNZ here in the Queen City. I hope things are going well on your end. Sir, how's life treating you? Oh man, so far so good. You know, we having a ball out here. You know, we uh been rolling with the big three all season. Uh, you know, it's getting down to the wire. Um, we can't wait to come back to Charlotte. We always have fun out there in Charlotte. So can't wait. Yeah, well, we got one of your own, by the way. Uh, we, we got LaMelo Ball. I don't know how much Hornets you get to catch from time to time, but he, he's a SoCal kid. Uh, we, we like him. He just signed a massive extension out here. What do you think of the young man? I think he's great. You know, he comes from a great basketball family. Um, and, you know, he's been showing his talents, you know, since he was a little bitty guy. And, you know, now he's showing them in the big league. So it's just great to see him evolve. Um, and, you know, no matter what you say about, you know, their father, you know, he's a father that's behind his son and helping his son, you know, become successful. So it's a great thing. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Now, you've been on a couple of times. You and I have talked about the big three a couple of times. But uh, let's make sure we hit the obligatories and, and inform anybody out there who doesn't know what the big three is all about may want to give it a shot next weekend. Uh, I, Cuba, if a basketball fan decides to come out and check out the product next weekend, what what kind of show are they in for? What should they expect? I mean, the, the, the names they know playing the game they love. Uh, three on three, we all – Anybody that knows basketball knows three-on-three has always been a part of of uh, basketball since, you know, people getting together in the backyard, playgrounds, schoolyards, having a good time. Well, it's elevated to the professional level. And if you come to, uh, to the games on the 5th, you'll see six games, the whole league. You get to see the whole league, all the star power that we have. Uh, the Hall of Fame coaches that we have, Dr. J, the Iceman. You'll see Joe Johnson on the court. You'll see Leandro Barbosa, Nick Young, and and 
Michael Beasley, you know, Mario Chalmers, you know, some some of the guys that we've seen play over the years, now they're playing in the big three, and it's a, it's a great event, a lot of fun. Yeah, Michael Beasley having a big year for y'all. It's And you know what's interesting? Um, you know, I think last time we talked, it was different, actually. But when the league first started several years ago, there was a minimum age of 30 years old. And, and at least for a while, it was kind of known as the place where retired former NBA stars went to play next. And that's obviously still true, given some of the big names that you just rattled off. But last year, you lowered the minimum age from 30 to 22, and it changed the complexion of the league. What, what prompted that decision, and why did it make sense for the league? Well, we realized that it takes certain skills to play three-on-three. And you either got it or you don't. Um, You know, you have to be able to do everything to be a great three-on-three player. You have to be able to uh, dribble, pass, shoot, and defend. Now, in five-on-five, you can be a specialist. If you're a three-point guy, you'll be a three-point specialist. You could be a defensive guy. You can be a rebound guy, you know. Um, But in the big three, you got to do it all or you're going to get exposed. So we we felt like it was time to develop our own stars and our own athletes who are the best in the world at this type of game. And so that's what made us go down to 22. We don't want to mess with kids in college. Or, or high school because we still want them to have their dreams to make it to the NBA. But, you know, by the time you get 22, 23, if you haven't, you know, made it as far as you wanted to go, you can come to the big three and, you know, show your talents. Never know who's going to watch and see you, be able to get you into the NBA. Never know. Big three CEO and founder Ice Cube is with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. So if you're going into the you're in the sixth season of the league, I should say. Uh, ratings are growing. Mm-hmm. I, I heard you tell Rogan. I was listening to that during a workout a couple of weeks ago that you had about a half million viewers on a recent CBS Sports telecast, which outpaces a number of other live sports out there. How how would you characterize the growth and evolution of this league over the past six years from a business and viewership standpoint? Um, you know we're on the right trajectory. We're going in the direction that we envision. We knew it would take time to, to you know, grow a sport from scratch. And so for us to be in our sixth year and have, you know, um, to be at this pace is is pretty remarkable and uh, eye-opening. And, and I'm pretty sure our sponsors and the people who believe in the big three love it. And, you know, it's our job to continue to grow that fan base, to grow that viewership, to grow, you know, people coming to the events to make sure it's, you know, it's fun to be in the house. Uh, And you'd rather be there than than in the house. But if you're at home, you can watch us on CBS, which is great, too. Yeah. Um, You know, it's really just taking advantage of of this new sport that uh, people are, really falling in love with oh it's a lot of fun there's no doubt about that who's the most box office must-see player in the league right now who's playing the best basketball lighting up arenas and just like lighting up fans every every stop you make on this tour i mean you got to see joe johnson play uh you know his game is built for this leandro barbosa is as quick as ever you know he's still got that first step uh jody meek's been shooting the lights out uh, we got a we got a, a street ball 
superstar by the name of Hezzy God, who's been player of the week two weeks in a row. Uh, so he's, you know, showing his talents. And, uh, hey, you know, these guys are really, you know, playing at a high level, and this is our best season yet by far. All right, a couple quick things I'll let you go. And I did want to bring this up because, like I said, really enjoyed a couple of recent conversations that you've had. Uh, you recently told Pat McAfee that basically the NBA is kind of trying to bring your operation down or at least inf- refuses to engage with you in any meaningful way. Uh, I think you told Rogan that the mainstream sports media has basically been ignoring the big three for a while now. Uh, Q, what have you done to upset these folks so much? And what's your ideal relationship with the NBA? <laughs> um. I don't know, you know, maybe I didn't ask permission to do this. <laughs> um, but I did, you know, put everybody on notice. And I did offer the NBA a piece of the league for free. Um, so, you know, it, it, it it's a little bit of a behind the scenes. Uh, you know, maybe some of these outlets are scared to make the NBA mad so they don't, they know if they... Um, report on our athletes, then, you know, they may get a call from the NBA. Maybe they get less coverage. Maybe they don't get the tickets to the finals. You know, all these kind of different things. So, um, one thing I know is the mainstream doesn't have to dig it for it to be successful. Uh You know, if the people love it, then it's going to work. And the people love it, so... It's working, and uh, we're going to just continue to fight the good fight. And my my uh, ideal uh, relationship with the NBA would be really them just us working together, figuring out how not to bump into each other. You know, we wouldn't schedule games during the WNBA seat, uh, schedule. We would just figure out ways to work within each other and not to conflict or to um, – to butt up against each other, you know, so it would just be more of a cooperation coordination thing. Um, you know, that would be the perfect relationship. Um, but if not, then we'll continue to do what we need to do to blow up the big three and not, not really worry about it. You know, what we don't want is the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that has to end. And that's the only reason I'm speaking out. Last thing, I'll let you go. And this one, um, I'm just, I'm really curious on a personal level, but I think it'll connect with you. You're, you're a diehard Lakers guy, obviously, always repping LA, SoCal. I grew up on the East Coast. Um, I'm in my mid 30s, mm-hmm. but my, my all time favorite athlete was and still is the late, great Kobe Bryant. Not even close, as a matter of fact. Um, do you think you could have, and I, I know how much you loved Kobe, and he obviously loved you too. Do you think you could have convinced him to lace it up at least a couple of times in the big three? I asked him every year. And, you know, every year he turned me down. <laughs> so if he was still alive, I would ask him every year, and he would have to turn me down. And maybe one of these years he would have said, yeah. Um, but, you know, some guys, no matter you know, how long it's been, I'm going to ask, especially if I know they still ball and I know they're in shape, you know, I'm going to ask. So who knows? We'll see. Man, I appreciate it. I love what you're doing with this league. Everybody that I talk to talks about what a great time it is, what a family-friendly environment it is, uh, and how much they really enjoyed the experience. So best of luck. Kill it in Charlotte next Saturday. We appreciate the time. We'll do it again down the road. 
Really appreciate it. You know, we have a great time when we come to Charlotte. I think this is our third time coming back. And uh, y'all been there from year one, you know, uh, hanging and banging with the big three. So we'll be back for sure. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.